This is a podcast from SPH Radio. Welcome to Much Ado About Sports, where we explore the roles of industry experts in the APAC region and how their respective organizations are adapting to the market. In Tales of the 6-5, we'll chat with Singaporeans who are shaking up the sports industry. All this while debating current issues in sport. Much Ado About Sports with Adrian Abraham. On this episode, Ivan Kodina, who is the Managing Director for La Liga in Southeast Asia, Australia, Japan and South Korea, explains the different challenges the organization has faced in the region and elaborates on an interesting partnership that has helped the brand grow in the cryptocurrency and blockchain sector. Great to have you on the show, Ivan. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you for the invitation, Adrian. Always a pleasure to, to be here. And let's start with La Liga. You've been at your current designation since March 2017. How has the journey been for you? Well, it's been a, a great journey so far. Of course, you know, like a full of challenges along the way. But I must say that we are pretty happy where we are. Even if the current situation is what it is, you know, we still, you know, like are hoping, you know, to growing our brand in the region and to keep engaging with the fans so across the entire region. And when you first entered the Asian market, what was your strategy? Keeping in mind Premier League and the Bundesliga. How did you overcome these challenges and really push the La Liga brand to the Southeast Asian market? Because we know particularly here, people are really big on the English Premier League, Liverpool, Manchester United, Man City, Arsenal, and then you throw in Chelsea, Tottenham and the other clubs as well. How do you really push La Liga? Well, when we entered the region, uh, we knew that it was uh, not only dominated by the English Premier League uh, due to their long-standing impact on the market here, but uh, we knew that there was plenty of passionate football fans around the region. So our strategy then and up until now is to develop standards of football in the domestic market. But we have presence uh, through the Global Network Project. You know, as you know, we have all these delegates placed across the region. And we set out to establish roots and relationships with key stakeholders in the market and to help contribute with our own learning and know-how, especially with the local leagues or, or football associations, uh, given the current structure in this region. I would say that in three years that we have been here, we certainly certainly managed to contribute with different MOUs uh, that we signed with the several leagues, the J-League, the Thai League, the Liga Indonesia Baru, uh, currently in discussions also with uh, with the FAS to see if we can also work something together. We always said that we want to be the second league behind domestic league in each of the markets because uh, we believe that then is when we're going to be seen as a, as a friendly league that we, we're coming here not just to steal the show from the local or domestic leagues but actually to help develop the, the football industry and then it's going to be a, a better opportunities for everyone everyone and also for the fans after all. And when we do talk about La Liga, the first two things that come into mind are Real Madrid and Barcelona. Now, let's say you take these two teams out of the equation. How do you market the league without these giants? Well, let me tell you that having Real Madrid and FC Barcelona in our league is a wonderful problem, if you want to call it, to have, you know. Of course, you know, like Real Madrid and FC Barcelona are two of the biggest clubs in the world and cannot avoid the, this fact. They play in, in, in our league and then, you know, uh, when we first started in the region, uh, the flags on both clubs were a great conversation starter. 
as they allow us to, to shed some light on, on who we are as a league. I have no problem admitting that when we first started here three years ago, sometimes we were caught in conversations with strategic partners or potential partners that they were not very familiar with our brand. So it was a great starter you know, for a conversation. Uh, so subsequently, once uh, our roots and, and relationships grew, as well as the activations that we as La Liga are doing across the world, uh, the league uh, came into more prominence. So it was easier to, or it's easier to have this conversation. As the league, uh, we market ourselves by with our storytelling on, on focusing on the heartbeat of the game, the passion, emotions and values that the beautiful game uh, evokes in, in our fans. As football fans first uh, ourselves, we, we know the type of content and stories that we would uh, be interested in and we tell uh, the fans uh, through different narratives, including a hyper-local context. Uh, so is relevant for everyone. Just to give you an example, uh, one of our clubs, uh, Eibar, is one of our first division teams and is actually one of the smallest teams participating in a, in, in a top division uh, in, in Europe. Uh, they have a stadium that only seats 7,000 people. Eh? So um, just to put it in context, probably uh, equivalent to a Jalambasa in, in Singapore. And we have been able to explain about, you know, like uh, who they are and help, it, help them gaining, you know, like uh, fans in, in multiple markets, especially in Japan, because they have uh, uh, one of the top Japanese players, uh, Inui. But in the end, we help our, all our clubs. You know, we are almost like a, an extended, you know, like a international development department for our clubs. And we help them to uh, get the exposure. And then little by little, everybody in the region now is more familiar with some of the other clubs, not just FC Barcelona, Real Madrid, but the usual Atletico Madrid, Seville, Valencia, and also some of the smallest clubs. Yeah, I did remember the last time we did have a conversation it was about the time of the 2018 World Cup and uh, Takashi did come into the conversation because we talked about A-Bar mm-hmm. and we talked about, I wouldn't say the smaller clubs, but the other clubs in the league and how we do market yeah. it and all those other aspects. But let's talk about broadcasting and telecasting here, La Liga matches. I mean, in just any sort of football match in Southeast Asia is always going to pose hurdles because of the time difference. What are some of the long-term gains of telecasting La Liga matches during prime time in Southeast Asia, you know, despite a possible backlash from Spain, how do you overcome these sort of challenges? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, when we first uh, shifted the timings of the games uh, to suit the international audience, it took uh, a lot of convincing and, and we experienced a uh, backlash from our Spanish fans. Yes, that, that is true. Slowly uh, but surely, they, they understood that the changes in timing were beneficial for them as well and allowing families to bond and then experience the games in a different manner that it was before so every change always takes a little bit of time to be accepted but nowadays it's welcome in, in, in Spain in terms of telecasting the international market all the broadcasters have definitely welcomed the shift uh, with open hands where in Asia our fans used to have to wake up around 3 or 4 a.m. sometimes we now have a minimum of 4 or even 5 you know Asia friendly matches depending on the time of the year and that includes uh, one uh, classical you know in Asia friendly for all our fans so I would say that this has been you know massive important for our strategy in the region to grow both our brand and also the visibility of of our clubs. We're in conversation with Ivan Kodina. He's the managing director for La Liga in Southeast Asia, Australia, Japan and South Korea. And I remember you targeted 
to see 400 million viewers in Asia by 2020. I mean, have you surpassed that target? And what were some of the challenges you faced along the way? Well, I, I must say you caught me here. I'm too sure, you know, like I was looking at, you know, when you just mentioned, you know, if it was something, you know, like I said by our president, uh, I don't have, you know, the, the entire context. But yes, we've been targeting, you know, like a, a huge increase, you know, of our viewership, you know, for Asia is a key market, you know, a key region for us. Well, now the huge challenge for us and, and pretty much every sports property at this point because of the COVID-19 situation with partner in the works, but we are slowly inching uh, back to resuming our games as, as, as you probably know this would be uh, with any fans at the stadiums in the beginning but we do foresee a huge demand for live football in the coming uh, month we did example of the k-league one of the unique leagues that has you know that is, is started you know to play and how well it, this has uh, been received but to your question you know we we have been uh, growing our viewership uh, consistently in past three seasons and, and i'm sure we will continue growing the uh, you know these numbers you know despite the the current situation you did mention covid19 it would be rude not to talk about it so let's just quickly touch on it because i'm sure that right now everyone is kind of tired and fed up with the whole situation uh, just briefly why do you think it's important that La Liga resumes the competition and that professional football is back? In Spain, is massively. In the end, you know, let's not forget that uh, how important is. It's not just about 22 players, you know, uh, chasing after a ball. So we we're talking about, you know, like if, if I put this in context, you know, like uh, talking about Spain, the football industry employs uh, directly, you know, more than uh, 200,000 people uh, is equivalent to the GDP to maybe. A, I think the last time I checked was almost uh, 1.5 of the Spanish GDP, and and just in tax, you know, like uh, you know, talking about you know how much you know like uh, the tax house collects from from the football industry is over 4.5 uh, billion. So this is just the direct impact of football, you know, in an industry. There is a plenty of, of different industries that they also being affected by not you know having uh, football nowadays. So I mean, tourism is could be one of them or or any F&B, you know, like a business. But like I said, it's very important for us also because I believe that it's also sending a message to the society that, you know, little by little we are, you know, getting closer to a relative uh, normality, you know. So uh, football is, is always been uh, the circus, you know, like in the Roman times, you know, they used to say that the most important is the bread and the circus. And football, we are almost like the circus. We are the entertainment that is much needed. I'm sure that everybody is spending a lot of time, you know, watching Netflix, but uh, I'm also sure that everybody is missing uh, life, you know, uh, sports. And, and, and I think it's also sending a message to the society that we are closer to uh, a better time than, than, than the current one uh, we are experiencing. Now, a question that has been on my mind, and I'm sure you've heard it a lot of times, the slogan, it's not football, it's La Liga. Could you mm -hmm. expand on this just a little bit? Because it's been on the back of my mind for way too long now. Yes, I mean, absolutely. We are a, a league that we always uh, look for uh, how to reach a bigger, broader audience uh, out there. We just don't want to be focused highly only in, in, in football. You know, we believe that the the times are changing, especially nowadays. We believe that the way football is consumed is changing, and we believe that the, the way that new generations are willing to engage is, is different. So we always been thinking on how we can, you know, uh, find other ways to engage with a broader audience. In the end, we see ourselves as sports and entertaining, you know, like a property, not just purely football. So that's why we believe that it's, it's not football; it's La Liga. We are just a, we have a different approach than a, a regular football property. And you recently ventured into the cryptocurrency and the 
blockchain sector. This partnership with Gico X, how has this partnership helped the brand grow, you know, really spread its wings? Well, uh, the partnership with uh, Gico X was the first of its kind for any sports league and it has helped grow our brand awareness among the crypto, blockchain and exchange sectors as well and how we engage with, uh, with the consumers, right? This innovative uh, partnership was born out of the intention for both Gico X and La Liga to reach uh, different cross-sections of football fans and we are constantly developing various ways to engage with these uh, specific audiences. Well, not just these specific audiences, but, uh, you know, all, all our audiences. Uh, as a whole. So Chico X has been a great partner for us, is that all I can say. Uh, they keep, you know, like providing the support despite, you know, the difficult times that we are experiencing. And we've been always, you know, providing more from our end, uh, our guidance in, in trotting the path of associating with uh, passion marketing and, and through the, the football specific, you know, uh, marketing opportunities, you know. So we are putting, it's a good partnership because we are sharing with them, you know, our own expertise on how to engage with fans. And of course, you know, like uh, they put their own expertise uh, on the blockchain cryptocurrency uh, environment that we are not experts <laughs> and uh, finally uh, let's talk about CSR because it's integral to an organization what are some of the initiatives that La Liga is involved in to engage with the local community in Southeast Asia I must say that we've been we've been focusing uh, particularly in, in markets where we see that there is much needed support on CSR. So we've been focused on markets like the Philippines, Cambodia, Thailand, looking now at some opportunities in Myanmar. A lot of it is nothing new. Is is a lot of uh, the initiatives is uh, on, on on how to help you know uh, uh, kids you know to get out of uh, poverty or to you know out of the streets through football, supporting them you know. Um, not just, you know, uh, providing some coaching and uh, trainings or clinics, but also supporting some of uh, the, the needs, you know, for so they can have access to a proper education. We have also been uh, focusing uh, a lot on the fought uh, for equality between uh, for girls and or, or women. So these are probably the, the two areas that we've been focusing the most. So I would say that probably uh, the, the Wyatt Kalinga project in, in the Philippines is, uh, is the one that we are, you know, uh, particularly proud to, you know, to be partnering uh, with. Then we are like I said, in Myanmar now, we are trying to uh, see how we can best, you know, support uh, a very interesting project that is uh, you know, to take uh, soldier kids, you know, kids that are in involved in, you know, are, are given weapons, you know, the, uh, to fight, you know, like uh, how we can take the kids, you know, like uh, out of, of this current situation and football, you know, like they're giving them a, a better opportunity uh, in life. So CSI is also uh, very important for La Liga. We are working with plenty of uh, different uh, initiatives across the world, but in this part of the of the region or in this part of the world we are focusing on pretty much in these two particular opportunities and just out of interest if the icc were to happen this year were there plans to bring a spanish side to singapore this year or was it because i remember in 2018 the year of the world cup atletico madrid came but last year there was no la liga team Look, uh, in, in the end, it's uh, is uh, is not our property. ICC. I mean, we always want to see uh, Spanish teams or La Liga teams, you know, clubs uh, in Singapore and in any other uh, part of this region or in any other part of the world. Um, that is always uh, give us a, a great opportunity to engage, you know, with the local fans everywhere. The plans uh, for ICC uh, this year, I know the event has been cancelled, of course, but there were some conversations, you know, to have some La Liga clubs like any other clubs from other 
uh, topics, but I cannot confirm uh, if, if there was any any particular club confirmed because I didn't have access access to that. But what I can tell you is that we were, you know, in, in different discussions, you know, to have several clubs, you know, in the region again. Same as since we first joined the project or opened the office in Singapore uh, three years ago, we have had always a minimum of uh, one, two, or even three clubs, you know, like uh, touring around the region. And it's something that we, we always try to also uh, identify opportunities for some of our clubs to come and engage with the fans in, in, in this region. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Ivan, for your time and giving us insights into La Liga's operations out here in Southeast Asia. My pleasure. Thank you again for the invitation and uh, everybody, please stay safe. Much Ado About Sports is a production of SPH Radio. It's hosted and produced by Adrian Abraham. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home. Listen to more of our podcasts at sphradio slash podcast. And if you have feedback for us, send it to podcast at sph.com.sg.